I'm a locksmith to the heart, and I help people really get get in through the barriers that are blocking them from from really reaching their highest potential and living their highest their highest self. This episode of Juice Guru Radio is brought to you by Try Best, making healthy living easy. Well, welcome. Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak. Hello, I'm Steve Prusak, and welcome to the show. We've got Lily Sanders, author of the newly released book, Truth to Triumph, a spiritual guide to finding your truth life experiences. She's going to be here right after this, so get yourself a tea, some juice, some water, We'll be back right after this with Lily Sanders. Hi, this is Jay Cordish, the father of juicing. I want to invite you to join me in our School of Juicing. This online program features award-winning videos, audiobooks, and CDs to inspire and educate you on how juicing can change your life, too. Check out our site at schoolofjuicing.com. Start living healthy and increase your energy today. Visit schoolofjuicing.com to find out more. That's schoolofjuicing.com. And welcome back to the show. I'm Steve Prusak. Like I said, we got Lily Sanders, her new book, Truth to Triumph. We'll have a link to that under the show notes for the show. Uh, she has a successful background working as a dancer, TV and film actress, Broadway performer, uh, and so much more. Multi-entrepreneur, now a highly successful coach in New York City, helping women live fully empowered, happy lives. And we're going to hear more about her, her incredible story. So brace yourself. Let's welcome to the show right now, Lily Sanders. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. Lily. I work with, I, I work with men and women, actually. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's been a really powerful uh, uh, time in my life, and I'm just enjoying myself. Well, and thank you for that, because I felt a little left out when I saw women. I know, I know. I think, uh, I think uh, my PR person might have written that. <laughs> But I help both. I, 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 there's no prejudices here, and uh, we all have, you know, we all have uh, opportunity for growth, man, woman, child. So I'm here right. for you. <laughs> and we can all embrace our feminine and masculine. Isn't that great? We can all come together in harmony. So thank you for coming here. I, I know a little about your story, but I know our audience and our, our listeners don't. Can you uh, take us through? Because, you know, you've had a great success in, in everything you're doing. But it wasn't always that way. So can you share mm-hmm. your journey with us? Sure. I mean, I, I'm going to give you a real abbreviated version. Uh, and uh, the rest people could just pick up from Truth to Triumph. Uh, so I was raised um, in the suburbs of, uh, of New York, which was, we discussed early Long Island, New York. And um, wasn't the best uh, upbringing. It was, um, I had a very violent dad. And uh, so I really have no happy memories um, at all growing up. But I really was that child that I had these dreams and visions and, you know, big aspirations, all of which um, I really, I really did realize by the time I was 23, uh, that being uh, a dance contestant on Star Search with Ed McMahon. Yay! And, yeah, yeah, and now I'm dating myself, but that was like that was the show, you know. That was like that was the first. It's, it's like today's Idol. No, or, no, you're uh, not dating boys. yourself. Our, our listeners are are that that that's us. Okay, we okay, are us. okay. So that was back in uh, 
you know when and uh i was 23 and then uh after that i came back and i i was on a role of auditioning actually because what i wanted my dream was to be a dancer and an actress and be um you know performing and so my next audition was oddly was a showgirl dancer as uh on the road with the ringling brothers bon and bailey circus so that was a really interesting that was an interesting role that was an interesting gig that lasted for a year and then i came back to new york i really kind of dove into my acting classes and so on and and uh i was loving that and so i kind of hung up my dance hat as far as performing and i really uh started performing as an actor on stage off broadway and uh, also in front of the camera i was I, I was a day player on one life to live abc and so that was kind of cool and but and so i had about 17 years of going on this path which i felt was my purpose at the time steve you know as a as a performer dancing and acting and then all of a sudden 17 years after you know i i, I left home and now i'm here 17 years later i'm living in this city i'm living the life and then i make this like turn 180 pivot which i call onto the path left of center that's what i call it in my book truth to triumph and that was i wound up back into like into this relationship with uh you know highly unconscious relationship a highly unconscious man and we uh i was it, it was a very abusive relationship and there i was back into this life of domestic violence only think time this time it was years later i was much older and uh it was my marriage and so i was like ah you know you know how does this happen and what was interesting is you know i didn't go from from like it didn't like go in a pattern so to speak there was this span you know of, of 17 20 years where you know i was any relationship i had which which was just a few were were very kind and loving but i never got married to them because i was on this role i was being a professional and i didn't want to get married but then the then when i finally made that choice i i, I don't know um i must have been like very highly unconscious <laughs> And so here I was, married, divorced, remarried, two very, uh, very, very bad relationships. And uh, so that said, I was living behind a veil of silence, Steve, for 14 years. I was a battered wife. 14 years. Wow. And yeah, one, first, first was five years and then nine years after that, back to back without healing, without dating, nothing, just back to back. And um, that said, uh, I'd, I'd like the viewers to understand that I understand how you can live that kind of life and then still function, meaning I was a highly successful entrepreneur at the time. I owned three very successful franchises while I was a battered wife. Yeah, sometimes I've got, I went, I remember going into, you know, work uh, quite a few times, uh, one time in particular with sunglasses on. Oh. Uh, because, yeah, I know, it's ugly. So, <laughs> right. but the good news is, you know, I mean, look at me now, look at me here, and look what I do for people, and, and look how enlightened I am, and I, I, every single thing that I've gone through really has been an amazing lesson and an amazing uh, portal, if you will, to get me to exactly where I am today. 
One of the things that came to mind when you were sharing that, and thank you for that, and your bravery of sharing, and you know, this is an ongoing problem in our society. So Big I was time. thinking of Dr. Harville Hendricks and the Imago theory, the, the idea that we, we tend to choose people subconsciously to live out childhood issues. And so when you think mm-hmm. about the idea that you were in two relationships like that, it just brought that to mind. Like it seemed like some part of you was trying to resolve the issues that came from your dad of, of the childhood that you had, where in our relationships, we can actually heal those childhood wounds. Have you ever looked into that at all or um, heard of that theory? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of myths out there and, and, and there's a lot of theories out there that are particularly, and no offense uh, you know, to any authors or psychiatrists or, or philosophers, but those all come from people that have not uh, lived that life and have not awakened to uh, their higher self. Like, so when you're looking at, you know, that's, you know, that's the textbook theory that's, you know, you know, psychiatry or psychology 101. But really the truth is, the truth is that um, we're not our mother, we're not our father, we're not our family name, we're not, we're not our bank account, we're not the car we drive. We are the essence of who we are, which is our truth. And, and who we really are is, is what arises in that space all by itself after the exhale of an experience. So when, you know, when, when people say, oh, you know, it's in their DNA or it's this, this uh, cyclic pattern or whatever, it, it, it can be if you identify yourself with your past. But really, the, the real lesson is, and for me personally, it's, it's not that you have unresolved issues with mom or dad or, you know, whatever someone's personal story is. It's that you haven't learned to love yourself. And mostly because you haven't been taught that, which I'd like to touch on that just for one moment because I'm sure there's a lot of parents, a lot of moms and dads here that are listening. And, you know, the old paradigm is, you know, uh, your child does really well in school today or your child did great in that, you know, in that, um, that tournament and, and your child brought home a test grade that was really super, super great. And, you, and, you know, we're kind of raised oh, mommy's so proud of you, daddy's so proud of you. We need to kind of turn that around. That, that's the old paradigm, doesn't work, doesn't build up your child's confidence. You need to tell your child, you must be so proud of yourself. We've got to build self-confidence. We have to stop teaching our children that we need to be validated by mommy, validated by daddy, validated by our husband, validated by our wife, validated by our boss, just validated in general by the world out in form. We need to really love ourselves, know that we're perfect, know that we're beautiful, know that no matter what we do and, and, and why we decided to do that and where we are in this moment, we need to love it. Does that make sense? I love that. So part of the work, right, when mm-hmm. you got out of this situation and started to rebuild and, and not create that devastation in your life again, so the first, would you say the first step was getting in touch with the love that you had for yourself and how did that, how did that play out in, you know, in the day to day? Yes, completely. The first step is really stopping and saying, okay, who am I? 
which is the universal question. Who am I? Why am I here? What is this all about? And uh, in that, in that self-inquiry, if you will, who am I, is, is very, very powerful when you, come to the, when you come to that discovery. Because what you will discover is that you're not your life situation, that you're you're, you're not even your successes in this life situation. I'm not talking about if, even if you just have an ugly story or an unhappy story. What about someone that's watching today? Not to be a Debbie Downer, but what goes up comes down. Everything is not always here. It's like this in life. So you can have a great, you can be really, really super accomplished right now, today, in this moment. In this moment. But no matter where you are in this moment, whether you, you're in a great place or you're not, we need to love it. And no matter where you are in this moment, whether you're in a great place or not, guess what? That's not who you are. So if you are this really super accomplished person and you have this really great relationship, it, it, it's not who you are. You are independent of any, any situation in this world. And that's really the internal work. And, and how do we take that from day to day is this. Let me give you an example. Uh, okay, so you mentioned that I was a dancer, I was an actress. Uh, okay, I was an entrepreneur, I mentioned. So I was a, a, I'm a mommy, right? I was a wife. So now, a daughter. So now, mm. um, but when I find who I am and I have the answer to who I am and the truth of who I am, now I can take the love of who I am. And now it is my guide because your career is not your purpose your career is guided by your purpose so when you know who you are then you know your purpose because that's the close second you you can't know your what until you know your who first you have to know your what i mean your who and then your what and your what just kind of appears if you will once you know who you are and loving who you are is the very, very first step to really succeeding in, in life, in all areas of your life. Because I truly believe, Steve, that we are born a success, every single one of us. I truly believe that we are all uh, healthy. I believe that health is omnipresent reality for all of us. You know, I see even our bodies, and I love to talk to you about this because you are the juice guru. And uh, by the way, for anyone that's tuning in, Steve and I were just chatting. I've been juicing since 1985, and he is super proud of me. <laughs> really, but now you see why she looks the way she does because <laughs> she's a lot older than me, and I thought she was younger. And I was like, oh, it is, it is the juice. Yeah, is yeah. The juice. Yeah, I'm at least 30. So, so you know, when we experience our body uh, in, in, in every way, the, the love that, that, that mm -hmm. we're made up of, and, and love, by the way, is energy, and we experience our body as this energetic process, if you will, and not a structure, everything seems to look different. And now you begin to look at life and look at yourself and then your situation outside at soul level. And things begin to look really, really different. And then you start to look at these things that are going on around you and you're like, you know, two words come to mind. So what? Who cares? <laughs> None of that really matters. None of that really matters because I know who I am and I know that I'm this vibrant living 
loving, constantly changing, uh, transient process. And so are you. And so are you people out there. And, and, and in actuality, to get really, really deep, this may be a whole other show, there's really no process in healing because healing is a revelation. And that revelation is knowing that you are pure spirit and you are purely healthy and you are purely perfect. And it's really all a mindset. Listening to Lily Sanders here on Juice Crew Radio, and I just love the kind of interview where we're we're going to come in one way, we're going to come out another, we're going to transcend during this. And I love that idea too of looking back on our lives and our biography. You know, where I could say, yeah, I was born in Brooklyn, but I grew up in New Jersey, and I went to college, and I had a master's degree, and I had a radio show, and I married my high school sweetheart, and I get the juices in me. But none of that even matters. When we peel away the layers of who we really are outside of the story that comes with us, what is the process for doing that and how do we get – that's scary work for some of us. It is, but we have to – and you, you used a word that I use all the time, peeling. Peel off the labels and, 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 and peel off every single label that not just people put on you and society puts on you, but also peel off the labels that you put on yourself. Like, you know, because the degree, the father, the juice guru, because it, it, it's true, none of that really – really does matter. And that's how we can navigate through life. So, na uh, you know, uh, knowing really the essence of, of who's driving the wheel, so to speak. So this body here, this is, this body, by the way, is, is really needs to be driven from the heart. And, 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 and this body is what what we use to navigate through life, but really we have to we have to do this from an internal point, and that's when I that's why I say none of all those labels really really matter, because then now while who you are and the essence of who you are is driving the wheel, then it just it's going to go in the right place because now you're making every single choice in in your life you're choosing these creations that you're experiencing. Um, which are really very, very um, divine because it's coming from a place of the heart. It's coming from, from, your, from your spirit, from your soul. And, and this is a really, really awesome place to be, to be quite honestly uh, honest with you. Um, it, it makes, it just lightens the load of all of the minutiae in life situations, you know? Isn't there a kind of process we all go through from, you know, maybe we start off more pure and then when we're in the system of school and wherever else school, if we go to college or work and the idea of trying to fit in and also people that we date who expect us to be a certain way and we change who we are based on what we might think is cool back then or whatever else and not embracing our unique self. Is there something to that. And also, if you can touch on ego, is there a letting go of ego in all this that also brings a sense of peace? Yes. Okay. So part one to your question <laughs> is, um, yeah, there's a lot to do with that. And what that is, is that's forgetting, that's forgetting uh, the essence of who you are. And again, that's looking to the world in form to be validated. And so you begin to change things or you begin to pretend to change things about yourself 
because you're looking to fit in or be va be validated by you know the, the people in school and college by someone that you're dating that you think you love when really it's just your ego talk about ego that's your ego really that's identifying with that person's ego but it's not really love and 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 if it is if you feel like you need to change for anyone then it's definitely not love it's really about um it, it, and ego plays a big part in one way it's not that ego is bad. It's that ego can be very unconscious. And being unconscious is bad. We want to be conscious. So for the most part, ego uh, takes on that unconscious role. But it, it's, not, you know, it's not the ego itself that's bad because we're all going to have ego about us, right? You know, look, you know, I curled my hair today and we're all going to have that. Um, you know, it's rainy, it's a bad hair day, I'm going to put a hat on. But it's, it's the things that, that we identify with, with our ego that put us in a very unconscious state of living. And we want the opposite. We want to be very conscious. We want to be very present. We want to be very aware uh, with our, in things with our, within ourselves and with our relationships uh, uh, with other people at work, uh, relationally, uh, you know, in a love relationship, friendship, even the way we relate to our, our pets. Uh, you know, uh, we're all energy and we, we all deserve love, every one of us. And so we need to really practice being present every single moment so that we stay present. And then this way, when, when, you know, that parachute falls out of the sky and boom, you know, everything was great. And all of a sudden, boom, something falls down and like a, there's a disaster. Someone, you know, someone all of a sudden, you know, the doctor tells them that they have this, you know, life-threatening disease, which, uh, you know, I like to call it body-threatening, not life. Um, this disease and or someone, um, you know, your boss just said, pack your pack up your desk, you're fired, or any kind of disaster, you know, whatever, uh, a tsunami. Now we can handle that because we're going to understand how to navigate through that life situation at that moment in a very present state. And what's good, what I mean by we can handle it is when we're present, the very thing that we, we can really wrap our arms around is peace. You can't have peace in a situation unless you're very present. And one of the things that I talk about is choice. And, and that choice means this. In a situation uh, that might be right here and now, it, it may not always turn perfect. But the choice to have peace in a situation is always there. And so if there's peace in a situation then it truly is perfect. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love what you're saying. I also love being in the moment where I'm not like, oh, what am I going to ask next? <laughs> we're doing, it's like when I do an interview. This is very organic, people, very organic. We haven't rehearsed this. <laughs> no, because when you do an interview, sometimes you're like, all right, what am I going to ask next? And then you're not present. But, you know, you bring, this all brings us into a state of now, you know, and we want to get there either if we think about yoga or meditation, what's going to bring us into now? And then part of me was thinking, what if, like right now, it, this seems so perfect and calm and we're all, everyone's watching this and learning or listening when we're on iHeartRadio. 
but I was like, well, what if we have a power outage here in California? And what if this just goes down? Like I would be stripped of that now and in panic. And what about the people that are listening and how can I bring them back onto the zoom video? And how is this, how are we going to have to do this again? Or so what I was thinking, I guess what that brings up for me is the calm in the face of the storm, because it all seems fine and good when we're in the moment. And we, we get reminded of a message like this, such an important message. And then life gets in the way. And for some of us, we can't stay there. And I'd like to know, have uh-huh. you been, you know, ha- what, what do you do? And when you get out of this, uh, the know that you have, the, the wisdom that you have to, to keep here with the obstacles that, that confront all of us, no matter what it be, no matter uh-huh. what it is. That's a great question. Okay, so I'll use your example as an example. Okay, so let's say everything goes down and uh, we lose, you know, there's all of a sudden there's no internet or something happens with, you know, iHeartRadio and you know, all of a sudden there's just, that's it. Uh, okay, so that means that the show is temporarily stopped. Now you can either be anxious, irritated, angry, and, and flustered and uh, doing all these crazy things, trying to get on. And, and then by the time 10 minutes, 15 minutes later goes by and uh, maybe you didn't get the show back up or you finally did get the show back up and now it's at the end of your hour, um, what would be the point of getting to the same place without peace? What, I mean, you're going to get to the same place anyway. You might as well do it with peace. You might as well do it, you know, with the choice of peace. So then you can just kind of very calmly be in acceptance of what just happened. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I guess this isn't happening at the moment. Let me see what I can do to maybe change this situation. Then you do what you have to do technically, calmly. We either get back up or we don't. Either way, to get, you're going to get to the same place, but you're going to get there calmly. And, and that's, that's the difference. Like in my past, I talk about in Truth to Triumph, there's, um, there's a couple of, there's a, a, a lot of raw stories in there. But there's, you know, a couple of stories that, um, that you know, I, I talk a lot about co-parenting and especially parents that are, that are, are divorced and, you know, they, they, just, they just buy into all the nonsense that goes on with their, you know, fighting with their, their ex-spouses in front of the children and, you know, uh, all of this stuff that they're buying into uh, and, and they're going or they're going to court and they're, um, you know, I remember going to court, you know, custody battle, whatever. And I remember like my stomach being, you know, like just in knots and, you know, my heart fluttering and, you know, in hindsight, what would have been the better choice was to go peacefully because the same outcome happens anyway. In fact, many times there's a wor- there's, the outcome is worse when you are not present, when you are living in fear, which I'm going to segue into fear versus love because that's the only thing in this world that matters. You've got these two forces, right? You've got love, you've got fear. Guess what, people? Fear has nothing on love. Love is the greatest energy on the planet and beyond the planet. And as long as we remember to keep returning and remembering who we are and that we come from love and we are made up of love, then we can, then we can just uh, 
really abolish fear out of our lives because fear is very debilitating. It, 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 and it really is, it stops us from living out the truth of who we are. It stops us from being happy. It stops us from living in peace. Fear is, um, it's, it's not as strong as love. And I, people get so afraid of things. And I say, look, all you got to do is remember to love. You just put, you know, that, that choice for, for, for peace and peace and love are kind of hand in hand, you know? And, and it's also that coming from the heart, right? So they're all connected, the heart mm-hmm. to love and peace. And um, yes. the unconditional love that you And unconditional have. love. Exactly, exactly. And I re, um, in Truth to Triumph, I talk a lot about connecting the heart with the mind, mm. with your intuition, and uh, that's kind of the trilogy of trilogies. And if we can start to connect all three, we can not only move mountains, we can be in a, on a nice, even plane where, you know, there's not so many ups and downs. And speaking of planes um, and speaking of mountains, I just had a, a discussion with someone yesterday, you know, it, Don't stress. I want to tell all of the viewers today, don't stress anymore. I want you to hang up your stress hat. Don't stress about the darkness that you're in right now because the good news is the light is in the valley. It's not up on top of the mountain peaks with the sun shining. The light is always going to come into the darkness shining right there in, in, in your life today. And all you need to do is go to the light. All you need to do is be very present and be very aware that, you know, uh, uh, love and source and God or whatever your beliefs are, doesn't matter. You've got to do that internal work. Whatever that is to you has your back and it's there. It's there. You just got to look for it. It's so true. It, and, and we experience that in my everyday life. Um, my wife and I, no matter how bad things ever get, she always gives me that message. She says, tomorrow's going to be better. It's like, and it always is. It always is. It's always like getting through whatever that is. And the universe just seems to open up. It's a portal into something, right, Julie? It's a portal into something better. Don't we always say that? We do. Whenever things are bad. That's good, Julie. (laughs) It gets way better than ever. It's, you know, yin and yang, up and down, you know, cause and effect, you know, and what goes up must come down. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's why right. I say that. So if someone's like kind of down and out in the valley of this darkness, guess what? That's where the light is, dude. That's where the light is. You just got to open your eyes. So what are the first steps to self-love? Because a lot of us have the voices in our head from whether it be a parent or a teacher that, you know, when I was in fourth grade, they called me a buffoon because I was the class clown. What is it that, um, you know, how do we let go of those voices in our head that are Mm. holding us back? Mm -hmm. The voices in the head that hold us back. Okay. And self-love kind of go hand in hand. So the first thing we want to do is we want to really um, look at, um, look at yourself first in love and as love. And when you start to think about self-love, uh, you just want to begin to see yourself from soul level, which is what I kind of mentioned a little bit before. So meaning 
from this point forward, one practical way to do this is get really still in your quiet space. Uh, turn off your phones, turn off your email, turn down your laptops. Really, really be honest with yourself. Give yourself this quiet time. Be still. Be still and know, right? And in that stillness, do that self-inquiry and begin to see yourself not of this body here, but of something much more that embodies this body. So this body, these arms, these legs, this houses your soul. So I want you, you to start thinking and seeing yourself and feeling yourself from soul level. And from that, from the eyes of the soul, you start asking yourself, who am I? And then whatever arises, things are going to pop up. You're going to, look, I work with people all the time. You're going to get mad. You might get weepy. You might laugh. You know, you might feel nothing. Whatever arises, don't judge it. Just let it arise and, and just be there with it. And, at, and, and as little thoughts arise, you just kind of let them go and let them go. And finally, when the mind is really quiet, this means shutting off the chatter in the mind, because this is a two-part question, so I'm going to fuse them together for you, Steve, that the mind is always like, that chatter in the mind never stops. Until your mind comes to a complete stop, which takes practice, people, then whatever is there, whatever is left, the essence of who you are, that's who you are. And that's many times where you'll hear that intuition, that innate voice speaking with you or, or that inner child. And whatever that is, love it. And that is a, a key, key thing to know and to do. Whatever you are, whoever you are, love it. Now, the next thing is each time the mind starts to want to go and feed you things I call this, in truth to triumph, your mental warehouse. Stop storing all the garbage. Stop storing everything that's going on in your mind from, from birth until now. What, what happens is, even if we don't talk about something, even if, if we don't talk about an unhappy story or an unhappy event in our life, doesn't mean that we really let it go. But, you know, uh, because many times we, we have volumes and volumes of of. of of stories, unhappy events in our lives that we, we store in what I call the mental warehouse. And every time we choose to suffer, I'm going to repeat that, choose to suffer because we choose to suffer, we just pull out those stories right out of, the, right out of our warehouse and it's like, and, and there we go, back into suffering mode. We want to reverse, we want to reverse the mindset. We want to reframe the mind and we want to start to now, remember, you're going back thinking, looking, and seeing, and feeling through soul level, which is going to include your heart. We want to keep, so anytime something comes in that's making you feel angry, disappointed, sad, depressed, um, judgmental on someone or yourself, even self-blame, that's a big one, you want to just not believe it. And I call this the little liar on your shoulder. The little liar on your shoulder is fear. You know, uh, you know this guy. This little, sometimes it's a big guy. He's hanging out on your shoulder there telling you, don't do this or don't go there. It's not safe or, you know, now look what you did. Look at the mess you're in. And, you know, that's the little guy on your shoulder I call fear. I call him the little liar on your shoulder because he's a liar. Because 
honestly, how can you fear something, you know, uh, that you're tomorrow that hasn't happened? How could you fear something that doesn't even exist? That's ridiculous. So we want to start to blow the little liar off our shoulder and live in the present moment of love today. Because fear tells you, I want to make you safe. And that's the disguise that fear comes in, by the way. But love tells you you are safe. That's a big difference, dude. Big difference. What's the negativity thing? I mean, I read a study that people are actually drawn to negativity. People love negativity. It's why people like to gossip or they like to judge other people or they, you know, they get together and, or they watch these reality shows where they can feel like maybe their life is better watching these horrible negative things. Why are people drawn to negativity? Uh, what's that all about? And uh, how can we overcome that too? Because they're not drawn to themselves. They're, they're, they're looking for an escape away from the reality of who they are. And so they, instead of turning their attention in, all of their attention, uh, sadly, is outward. And uh, that I would advise, you know, a solution to that to anyone that is always drawing their attention and focusing their attention outward and judging and reality shows and all of that stuff that you just mentioned. Uh, scary movies, that's also going outward. I, I Turn your attention in and, and trust that your attention is the translator of your life. And that's big. I'm going to repeat myself. Trust that your attention is the translator of your life, the translator of your body, the translation, translator of your spirit, your mind, uh, everything. And when you turn your attention inward, in, your wisdom will become remarkable. It, it really will. And, and from that point, how you choose the creation that you want to experience in every single situation from that point on becomes qualia. It becomes really, really high quality stuff. What about the obstacles? Like I hear it in our community, things like, you know, you can have all the information in the world to start drinking juices, get more vegetables and fruits in your body. We all know we need that. Um, but then there are the blocks, the, uh, the fear of failure that I'm not going to be able to do this or stick with it, or I'm going to keep gaining weight and I'm not going to be able to get into the kind of body that I know I should be in. Um, how do we overcome some of those blocks that are holding people back? Yeah. Okay. Good question. Again, there's fear running your life. I, you know, I'm talking to people that maybe are in that, in that situation right now. Forget about all of the what ifs. And just be here. And if, 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 if you don't start and if you don't make uh, the choice to take an action today for the love of yourself, not even to talk about the love of your family that you want, you know, this long, healthy life with, then, then how are you going to make these changes in your life? You know, you've, you've got you to actually take the initiative and actually take 
the shift. And that shift means that you are responsible to clean up your own life. You are responsible to clean out all of the debris in your own life. That includes your spirit, your mind, your body. No one else is going to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. There isn't a drug in the world that's going to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. There isn't a doctor in the world that's going to do it for you. You have to do it yourself. And, and, and that's why I said uh, in the top of the hour, Steve, that health is, is an omnipresent reality. See, you are really healthy, and you, you, you know innately how to make healthy choices in your life. But you've forgotten it with all the madness in the world and all of the fear that's stuck inside of your head. So you've got to take that shift. And when you take that shift from fear into love, from uh, unconscious into conscious, from awareness into uh, and remembrance of love, um, then, I mean, then you can almost slide right into second base. It's like the first shift is that first run to, you know, from first base, say, instead of worrying about, am I going to make that next base? Is that guy going to get me out before I get there? Uh, is, you know, whatever it is, you have to stop thinking about the ifs because you, they don't even exist except in your mind. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. And I've even heard a lot of people uh, make statements to me because, you know, I'm, I'm very health conscious and, I know, you know, I juice and I do my Nutribullet and all that stuff. And um, people say, well, I heard that, you know, it's really, it's not as healthy to press the juice, you know, than it is to like, and I, I, you've heard it all, haven't you? I mean, I hear it all. I hear it all, all the time. And there goes those, there goes those two words again, Steve. So what? Who cares? Who cares what you heard? What you need to hear is that you love yourself and you, and you innately know exactly what is perfect and healthy for your body. If you know that going in there that is a house full of fire is going to burn you, are you going to walk in there? Of course not. Of course not. You know, I, you don't look. But what is that? I mean, is that, it's funny. I do hear that all the time. We hear it right here in the community. So, uh, and we try to explain the difference. Yes, a smoothie is great. A green smoothie is great, but there's nothing like flooding your body with nutrients from a fresh pressed, cold pressed juice into your organs and into your bloodstream. And it's, we all know it's the best ever. And all you have to do is try it to know it's the best ever. Mm -hmm. um, but there is misinformation out there. And I don't know totally. if it's that people want the easier route because it's like, well, if I just throw it in a blender, I could just, you know, chop it up. Never mind that it oxidizes and it breaks down and it's not going to last you a few days like a cold pressed juice. But never mind that or that you get twice the nutrients in a cup of juice as compared to the smoothie because, well, we can just fit way more through our juicer. That's going to be a more concentrated a nutrient and the studies show that juicing is superior they don't have you know people that are healing from green smoothies people are healing from juicing they've been for decades um, yes. it works we know it works and you're trying it you know it works yes why why do people is it so i'm asking i guess is it that we're looking for the easy route we want to believe the misinformation or that infomercial that said this neutral blast is superior than a juice 
what is it that leads us to the wrong decision? Is it, you know, we want the easy way. My mom even told me, she's like, you know, and I got them a juicer recently, but she said, you know, Stephen, I'm not, I'm not going to take the time to juice. I'm, I'm just, I'm just too lazy. I mean, that's mm-hmm. an excuse we'll hear from our parents and, mm-hmm. and lots of people that are going to get honest and say, you know, I'm just too lazy to prepare and juice and clean it. The blender's a lot easier. Is that what it is? I, I think, and I hear that the same things. It's interesting. Um, what, what it is, is a lack of self-love. Because when you really love and honor yourself and, and you treat your body as the temple, and even anyone who's biblical, my body is the temple. My body is the temple of God. When you do that, and when you truly, truly believe that, then you will live like that. And um, also, I think there's also a, a real lack of honesty in when people start coming up with excuses. Why don't you just be honest with yourself? You just don't want to do it. You, you know, look, some people really just be honest with yourself. If, if for you eating in, is enjoyment and you prefer to go out and, you know, have fried calamari, then somewhere, so enjoy be there then. Enjoy that. Go out and have fried calamari, but start your day with a nice green juice drink and, and just get on with it. Um, just be honest with yourself and, and, and try and, I suggest that people try and uh, don't bombard yourself over the head with it if, you really, if you're really not getting it yet, but start to add little things once a day. I always suggest in the morning, just once a day in the morning, start your day off right. How do you know? That's what our book's about. You're so funny. Oh, really? See, because see, yeah, see, two minds. Transform Uh, your life by eating one juice a day. That's what it's about. That's what I do. That's what I've been doing. That's what I've been telling people. Since 1985, I've been doing this. And um, just that once a day, it's it's like, I do the same thing with meditation. I like people to do both. I I, I ask a lot of people. So I say, before you get out of bed, I hear this all the time. Juicing is no, there's, there's just as many complaints from, from non-juicers than there are from non-meditators. And I hear, oh, I can't meditate. I don't know how to meditate. I don't have time to meditate. I don't understand meditating. Oh, and it's not for me. Look, two things. Meditating is, is listening. Praying talking to God, meditating, listening to God, or, or listening to the universe, or listening to source, or listening to your inner child. All it is is being present. Meditation is not an act of doing. It's a state of being. So every time someone gives me a bunch of malarkey, I say, look, when you wake up in bed, your eyes are open, or your eyes aren't even open, but you're, you're consciously awake. Just stay laying there for five minutes, will you? And just listen to what Ever is going on. That's meditating. You don't have time for that? You don't have that time? Then set your alarm five minutes earlier and make the time because you need to make the time for yourself. Same thing. You don't have time to juice? Are you kidding me? It takes, what, what is it? It takes seconds. You don't have time to clean it? So what? Who, who's going to your house? The cleaning police? Who cares? Let it sit there. When you have time, when you're in the mood, you go back and you clean it. No, no. We give an extra large cleaning brush. It takes five to 10 minutes. So there's, there you go. Right, Michelle, there Michelle, you go. If you're watching this. You know that. I saw you in the, in the group. You know it takes five minutes. Post- Apply post- yourself. We got to get you one of those. 
Yeah, I would love one. Apply yourself though. Love yourself. The big answer is lack of love, lack of self-love. When you love yourself, you will honor yourself and your body and you everything you do, especially for yourself, will be will be so uh, it'd be a privilege to actually take care of yourself. And so you'll start to actually, if you didn't like juicing, all of a sudden you start drinking your juice and you're like, you know, I think I'm really acquiring a taste for this. Before you know it, after a few months, you're going to have your favorite juice. I, my favorite juice, I, I, I've loved for years. And I, I, it's just my thing. It's what just it, my what thing. is your favorite juice? Okay. And, uh, and I have exactly the same these particular like um, amounts so that it comes out a particular color and taste. So it looks like a really pink, pink cocktail, right? <laughs> so it's, it's carrot beet. And I, and, and, and I do, the increments are exactly so that it comes out pink. And I put in a little bit of green apple, but I don't always have to do that. I don't have apple fine, you know, but I really the carrot with the beet. And, you know, we all know the, the, great, the great things between the two of them. And I hear that too. Oh, there's so much sugar. And I'm like, okay, look at me. Do I have body fat? <laughs> I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about the sugar. No. I want to hear no. about the good stuff you put in your body, right? No, no, no. no. We try to explain in Dr. Gerson's therapy that they were reversing cancer back in the 30s and 40s with carrot apple juice. Let's not yes. get crazy here. Yes. In fact, you know what? The very first two minutes you and I talked today, and I said I've been juicing since 1985, and you went, whoa, guess who inspired me? The Juice Man. Was and it the, the Juice Man? It was the Juice Man. I saw him on television, and I said, God bless this guy. If he can heal himself from cancer, from carrot juice, carrot apple juice, then that's good enough for me. I have been juicing ever since then, and carrot apple beet is now my favorite. I love it. Well, wow, real testament. Well, I love that you can bring it all into the work we're doing, which I didn't expect. I don't know who got you on the show. My, my, my assistant booked it, but I don't know. Did you see? Oh, that might be a good fit. I don't know. Yeah. Have you talked about juicing and, and transformation before? Um, I, you know, I have a little bit. We should get together and do some things together. And I have a little, I do have a, uh, I do have a section on my website and I talk about juicing. That's so exciting. But, uh, that warms yeah. my heart. She's yeah. Lily Sanders, and by the way, her website is lilysanders.live, lilysanders.live. We'll have a link under the show notes at Juice Guru Radio. Uh, we're running up to the top of the hour here. We want to take a few questions from the audience before we close out the iHeartRadio. So go ahead and start typing them in. If you want to come on live from the Rewind, we'll, we'll bring you on too, whatever you want. Just let me know in the chat box. So type in below the video. But in closing, I mean, we didn't really talk about what led to writing the book. I don't know if you want to close with that or final advice, or maybe we can do both. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. What, what led to the book, Truth to Triumph? Uh, what is the message and how? I mean, I, obviously, I see what the message is because this has just been a totally intuitive interview. But anything else we didn't touch on that you wanted to share about what led to the book and uh, where else we can go with it? Diane wrote, this was fantastic. Oh, thank you, Diane. Thank you. Yeah, well, what led to it was, um, you know, all the garbage that I went through for, you know, for the 14, for, for, I didn't even mention, but, uh, or maybe I did, but, you know, between my childhood and then, and then my marriage. Um, but I, 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 what led me was that I felt that everything that I went through, all of the pain, all of the suffering, all of the garbage uh, would have really gone in vain if I didn't use that 
as a purpose to help other people. And I also wanted to be a voice, not, not necessarily for people that don't have their own voice, but for people that have not found their truth. Because um, I, honestly, everything that I went through is really what led me to finding my own truth of who I am. And, uh, and, and so I tell some of the stories in my book and truth to triumph for those of you that don't know, um, this, it's just really made up of a lot of never before told stories that I reveal secrets, if you will. And, uh, a lot of them are very raw, but I really only do that to, to really bring people, uh, to a place where they can maybe reflect on maybe darkness that's in their life today and bring them from darkness into the light. And the, the intent of the book is really to guide people. Let's use it as a guide to guide them to learn how to turn their, 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 their pain in their life and suffering into peace. Because if you don't turn the pain into peace, it turns into suffering. And we want to be in the love zone, not the suffering zone. My message is always about love. Uh, my website, as you said, is lilysanders.live, L-I-L-Y-S-A-N-D-E-R-S dot L-I-V-E, as in live juices. <laughs> and... Um, and yeah, uh, you know what? You can get my, you can get the book off my website, and you can also go internationally. Uh, you can get it from Amazon.com. Well, how it's a message. How can anyone argue with the message of love, right? I mean, people find everything to fight over, but what can they say about? Well, there's Lily talking about love again. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Do you want to? I'm going to tell this to everyone out here now. I just recently. Uh, had started uh, branding myself as uh, when people were asking me, I was, I was asking me, you know, what do you do? And you, you know, that, you know, that cocktail party question. It's so annoying. Yes. And I go, well, uh, I said, I'm a locksmith to the heart. Uh, no response. <laughs> and I thought I am. So I decided that um, I was talking with someone who was a host uh, of another radio show I was on. And we were on the phone for a long time. And he actually, he actually came up with that. He goes, you're a locksmith. And I go, I am, right? I'm a locksmith. <laughs> so I'm a locksmith to That's the heart. Great. And I help people really get, get in through the barriers that are blocking them from, from really reaching their highest potential and living their highest, their highest self. You know, when, when you're locked out of the house, you don't sit there waiting and saying okay maybe in 10 minutes or an hour this same key will become magical and it'll just work no you gotta you gotta call in an expert you call a locksmith so that's who i am Beautiful. call me in <laughs> website again lilysanders.live we're gonna close out the iheart radio portion of this uh, i'm steve prusak thank you again lily for being here on the show and uh check out the work she's doing get the book truth to triumph highly recommend it it's under our show notes. You can find it on her website or on Amazon. I'm Steve Prusak, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at juiceguru.com. Until next time, get your juice on.